0: Good morning. It is great to be here in New York. This is such an incredible city. I just, I don't know, I get so overwhelmed coming here. I grew up in a small town in Louisiana, and I went to Africa before I ever came to New York. And I went to Africa, and I looked all around, and then I came to New York, and I thought, this is the solution. I've seen the problem. Now, this is the solution. I just looked and saw New York and the tremendous just power and influence and incredible resources here. But I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your generosity and all of your love for the people in Africa. There 90, thank you very much. And, and John, John made a mistake. He said, he said, Mark's going to talk about his work. This morning, I'm going to talk about your work. And what God has done through you and your tremendous generosity. There are 95 churches in Africa, and they're continuing to grow and expand. People being baptized everywhere. I've been all over the Caribbean. i spent a lot of time in Haiti. Probably over two years. Sac passe. Come, oh, Moi, relle, Dr. Mac. Bienvenue. I spent months and months in Haiti after the earthquake, and it just had a tremendous... I don't know. I love the people there. Just, it's, it was fantastic. But I bring greetings from all the disciples in Africa. Bonjour, bienvenue. Aniche, Aniche, Umba. Salam alaikum, alaikum asalaam. Habari, asanti sana. Come esta, ben? Saabona, kunjani, legai. God is just blessing the disciples all over. Really because of your generosity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I also bring greetings from my wife, Lynn. (laughs) Everywhere I go, it's exactly the same. These women come running up. They go, Lynn, Lynn. And they all hug Lynn. And, and, you know, I'm standing there and they go, I am Lynn's best friend. And And I thought about five or six people, I would understand it. But 300, I don't know. How can you have 300 best friends? But that's Lynn, if you know Lynn, that's Lynn. <laughs> but she sends her love, I'm going to show a picture of her family in a minute, but thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, your love, uh, just for the people uh, around Africa, the Caribbean, tremendous work that you're doing, tremendous things going on. I'm going to talk a little bit about, about women, I uh, had some incredible experiences even this morning, already today, had to do with women and, and children today. Um, I'm going to cry when I show this picture. These are two of the most incredible women I've ever met in my life. On the left is Lebo, single mom, four kids. The kids are not hers. Her mother, father, brother, and sister all passed away, and she inherited four kids. And she does a tremendous job. That's one of her children there. And on the right is is Lorato. She's a woman who uh, grew up in a very rough background. She... uh, one of her parents killed the other parent shot the other parent in the face and that parent then died of AIDS and she became an orphan and at a young age uh became pregnant and had a baby lorato and these women are changing the world young single mothers changing well I'll show you what they do in a minute I'll show you what they do but they're, they're my heroes uh I've met I've met Nelson Mandela and Colin Powell and all these celebrities, Oprah Winfrey. These are my heroes right there. I've seen them work. I've seen what they do. Young mothers, young single mothers changing the world. It's amazing what they do. And I'll show you some of their work in a minute. This is my family. So we're changing the world too in different ways. <laughs> they, uh, this is my wife, Lynn. We got married about five years ago. And that's some of her kids and my kids and all our kids. And we have uh, one of the grandchildren's not in there. We have six grandkids and two more on the way. And so we're going to conquer the world, I think. <laughs> <at this stage. laughs> but uh, Lynn sends her love, really. And she loves New York. She wish she could be here. Uh, she's got a few things going on. We celebrated Mother's Day last Sunday in Atlanta uh, with Lynn and all the kids it was fantastic. We had a fantastic time. But this morning, I, I rode in on the plane. First of all, I saw people with flowers everywhere. They were carrying flowers. Here in the city, airports, just carrying flowers they're going to bring to their moms, I'm sure. And then a little girl got on the plane, eight years old. Today's her birthday. And she had, some, she had a little kind of dress-up thing, a crown and stuff on her or something. I don't know. And her mom was there. And she got stopped right next to me as they were boarding. And so I sang happy birthday to her this morning and then the pilot said we have a special guest today on the plane an eight-year-old's having a birthday so everybody said happy birthday (laughs) and then and then i took an uber (laughs) an uber driver was from turkey and his 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 wife had passed away he had an eight-year-old son driver this morning and and i said i said is it hard raising your son without his mom he said mothers are god to their children he told me that just on, on Uber this morning. Mothers are a God today. He talked all about all his wife and, and his son and trying to, to raise his son without, his, without the mother. And it's just amazing the impact women are having in our lives. Amen? We all have mothers, right? That's how we got here, right? <laughs> Something we share in common. And they have their ups and downs, but, but we owe so much to our mothers. And they've had such an impact on our lives. I want to share about that. This is one of my favorite scriptures. It's in Isaiah 49. Shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, you mountains. Oh, it's repeated twice there. God comforts his people have compassion on his afflicted ones. That's how God feels about us. That's just who he is. So we can shout for joy and rejoice and burst into song. Amen? Because of who God is. Because he's filled with comfort and compassion, Bible talks about those a lot together. Why they work together? Because has such great compassion. He feels how we feel. He understands how we feel, and he wants to comfort us and encourage us and strengthen us together. And that's just who God is. Even though we say this, "The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me." That's our part. See, we we think God's not out there. He's not you know he's just you know he's not connected. We don't you know we don't see him on TV or anything. And so all of a sudden we. We don't realize God's there all the time. And he's helping us and working with us all the time. And I'll share about that in a minute. But how much God is doing for us every single day. I thank God every day for saving me. Because God's saving me today. And I hope you're thanking God for saving you today. We're filled with an expressible, glorious joy because we're receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls today. And God's blessing you today. And God's bringing things into your life today. God's caring for you today like a mother. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Have no compassion on a child she has born, though she may forget. I will never forget you. I have you engraved on the palms of your hands. Your walls are always before me. God's saying, look, I'm like a mother looking after you. What are mothers like? I mean, we can take a discussion. But what are they like? They're always watching. They always care. They're oh, look, he has a runny nose. Oh, he has a rash. Oh, the baby. Oh, whoa. I was holding, holding my, my two-month-old grandson yesterday, one of my new grandsons, <laughs> yesterday. And the mother was like, well, yeah, like oh, look, he's, I think he has a runny nose. Oh, wow, what, what is a rash? What do you think about that? That's how mothers are. They're very attentive. They're very supportive. They're nurturing. That baby gets hugged and kissed a thousand times a day. I think that's what the rash is from, okay? <laughs> I don't know how you can kiss a baby so much in one day. <laughs> It's like amazing. And, and God's like that. I'm, I'm looking after you and I'm concerned about you and I'm attentive and I'll take care of you. Mothers will stay up all night. They'll, they'll do whatever it takes for their child. If a child gets under a car, they'll lift the car up. I'm just telling you, mothers are like that. that that's how mothers are. And, and yet God says, that's how I am. You know, I wasn't very easy to raise as a child. I know that's hard to believe. <laughs> But my mom we had, had seven kids in our family. And we didn't have much money. And so we go to the day old bread store to buy bread. We go to the Army surplus store to buy our bags for school. And and so we just didn't have much money. We just you know, we just didn't. And so we had to do whatever we had to do. We walked to school every day. I don't know why people take buses and cars these days. I don't know, we just walked to school. But I don't know if you remember that, some of you guys at my age, okay. But my mother Took care of us. And I remember as I got older and how difficult I was. When I moved into college and and beyond, I used to work on an oil rig, and I talked like someone on an oil rig. And I came home drunk. I was a total derelict. My mom didn't know where I'd done, what I'd done, or where I'd been, yet she still loved me. You see, moms believe in us, don't they? No matter what you do, your mom believes in you. I'm just telling you, you can, you can be a hardened criminal. You can be a mass murderer, Your mom still loves you. I'm just telling you, that's the way moms are. They, they, they're so forgiving. They're so merciful. They, they forgive us. They take care of us. They still, they still have, they dream, have dreams for us. My mom had a dream for me. She, uh, she, got her, she, got, she got to hear me speak about four years ago. First time she'd ever heard me speak. And she was crying. She was crying. She was sobbing. I said, Mom, why are you crying? And she said, if only your dad were here, my dad had passed away. But she was crying because she saw the work we were doing. And she said, that's what we always wanted to do, help the poor. But they didn't know how. And she was crying because I was fulfilling the dreams she had to help the poor. My mom. And so that meant a lot to me that at least I could kind of repay her in that way. But that's how mothers are. They're always loving, always forgiving, always supportive. And, and God teaches us things about himself through our mothers. I don't know if you know that. There's a book called Sacred Marriage. There are different sacred books. But they, they, um, the premise is that, that, that marriage is not to make you happy. It's to make you holy. You see, God's teaching us things about marriage. So if you're having tra- trouble with your, in your marriage right now, God's teaching you something, okay? <laughs> just, just believe me. He's teaching you stuff. But, but, but marriage and parenting and families all to teach us things about God. And women have a very special role in teaching us about God. And they, they love us and care for us no matter what. That's what our moms are like. This is uh, this in Jeremiah. It's not in for him, my dear son, the child in whom I delight. They often speak against him. I still remember him. My heart yearns for him have great compassion on him. Right before this, the the, the man speaks, and uh, the boy speaks, and he says, I'm an unruly calf. I've been disciplined. I've been rebuked. I've been corrected. And yet God feels this way about us. So God feels very differently about us than we feel about ourselves. Read it. It's Jeremiah 31. And it talks about, you know, sometimes guilt and shame, and, and, and we feel bad about ourselves, and we've done bad things, and... But that's not how God feels about us. This is very different than how we feel. And so that's like a mom. Moms feel differently. They have a vision that us, even we don't have in a million years, and that's the way God feels. My heart yearns for him. have great compassion on him. This is a woman. That's a model that we used to use for our home-based care. This woman lives in a shack about the size of the bathroom of an apartment here in New York City, a shack. Uh, you see about half the shack if you opened up the picture. And, and it's a dirt floors and a tin shack. But That mother still loves her son. And she'll do anything for her son. And we bring in, we bring in some toys and, and some books and, and magazines. And that's so she can talk to her son. And, of course, they don't have television. They don't have any kind of media. So she looks at the magazines and she colors with him. And she talks to him and teaches him. And that's what I found out working everywhere, especially all over Africa, the women really love their children. And they just want to do their best. And despite the challenge they had, she's a great mom. And she loves her son and wants to do anything she can for him. And, and that's the way God feels about us. Amen? My heart yearns for him. Read it. Read it, Jeremiah 31. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Out of Egypt, I called my son. It was I taught Ephraim to walk, taking him by the arms. They didn't realize it was I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was one who lifts a child up to his cheek. He's saying there, they didn't realize it was me. Now, how many of you are mothers here? Raise your hand. How many things have you done for your children they will never, ever understand? A lot of them. Remember that? Remember all the time changing their diapers? Will they remember that? No. Uh, Now I got more and more grandchildren that keep changing diapers all the time. (laughs) But... But it's amazing that, that we work with our children and, and we, we get them to walk. I, it's like cords of human kindness. God draws us. He teaches us to walk, taking us by the arms and helping us to walk. That's how, how God feels about us. But that's, that's just like a parent. You didn't realize it was me. You see, God's done. Remember I told you about God saving us every day and God doing things for us every day. He's protecting us from a lot of trouble. Okay, believe me. I'm, I'm like that guy on the TV commercial, Mayhem, you know that guy? I'm Mayhem, you know. That's like me. And so God's protect, protecting me from things every day. Really, protecting me and giving me things I never deserved every day. And the same thing with you. God's protecting you from things every day and giving you things every day, and you didn't even realize it was Him. Who brought you here? Who brought you to the Bible? Who taught you those things? Who gave you those hugs? Who taught you about, about the salvation God has has in mind? Who taught you about the grace of God? Who gives you hope in a future? God gives those things through the people around you. But you didn't realize it was Him all along. I sat with the Markowski kids over there, and I thought they don't realize what God's done for them. Every day, every week, I'm telling my kids all that God's done for them. They don't understand. And yet, yet, God wants us to see that, that he's there all the time helping us, drawing us with cords of human kindness, with ties of love, even though we don't realize it's him. He still gives even though we don't realize it. And like Hosea says in chapter 2, then we'll say, you are my God. Amen? And so he stoops down to make us great. He rejoices over us with singing. There's so many things God does that I think relate to, to the mothers in our lives. So thank God for the mothers we have. Amen? And thank God, Amen. And, and thank God for the fathers we have too, Amen. Your day's coming, don't worry. Your day's coming, and the children we have, Amen. Let's thank God for our children, okay? They put up with us, okay. So some some kids some kids come up to me, they go, "You don't know my dad," and I say, "Yes, I do. Thank you for your patience, okay." <laughs> So I talk to parents and children a lot. <laughs> so it's amazing that God allows us and works with us and helps us all the time. Just a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. We loved you so much, we're delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. It also talks about people being our fathers and mothers. Amen? So I know some of us are single parents, right? I became a single parent about about 11 years ago. My wife died suddenly. and And... When my kids are away at school, you know, I'd, I'd call them on the phone. I'd say, how's school going? How are your grades doing? Is your car working, you know? Are you doing okay? Is this okay? And then, and then my wife would get on the phone, and she'd say, actually, Matt, my son, was here at NYU, and she'd say, Matt, are you happy? And i said, oh, I didn't think of that. I, you know, I can't believe she asked that, you know, what are you, you know, wow, I can't, I couldn't think of that, you know, I wish I'd thought of that. Anyway. Women are so smart, right? They're so intelligent. I don't know. They're so wise and they have such insight. It's amazing. Anyway, my wife passed away 11 years ago. So then I'm a single single dad. So I call Matt on the phone. I'll say, Matt, how's your grades and your school <laughs> and your car? And Then I'll say, Matt, are you happy? And he knows I'm speaking for his mom. See that? We have to make up for our spouses if people pass away or or if we're single parents, or we've been through tough times. And yet God provides the church for that. We have mothers in the church, right? You have fathers in the church, right? Aunts and uncles. We have all kind of kids raising our kids. We have dozens of people helping our kids in different ways, and, and, and our kids are out other people's kids now and, and, and teaching them about parenting. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing. Some of the people in New York church here that Lynn was closest to the Gants, the Prathers, the Cooks. Some of you know those folks. But they were like, they, they've kind of adopted Lynn's kids when Barry passed away. And so they still consider them their kids. They, a lot of people come over to my house. I can't even sort out who are my kids and who are not my kids. You're not my kid. What are you doing here? And they say, I say, yeah, I'm spending the like, night. Oh, okay, okay. And, then, and I say, look, I'll, say, I'll treat you like my kids. I'll give you anything but money, just like my kids, Okay. <laughs> but 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 we need aunts and uncles in the church we need brothers and sisters in the church because they care for us like mothers and fathers amen So encouraging comforting and urging you to lives worthy calls you into his kingdom and his glory thank god for the church because in many ways there are mothers and fathers amen i was at a i was at a uh, rehearsal dinner last night not rehearsal dinner a uh, engagement party last night and and the family members of the two disciples that were engaged were blown away. They said, we don't know what this church is about, but we want to be part of it. Amen? <laughs> they, they said, the impact you've had is incredible. It's incredible. Meet these people. He, and and they, said, they said, when we asked our, <laughs> our siblings, are you going to get married? They said, well, let me ask my disciple. You know? <laughs> let me ask my brothers. Let me ask my sisters. And then they met all the people, and they said, these guys are awesome. You better listen to them. That's what, that's what I told their relatives. But, but thank God for our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, our, our parents in the Lord. Amen? And I hope if you're older, you're helping some young people. I hope you're young, you're getting advice because we are our family in Christ. Amen? And God provides that for us, especially if you've been through challenging times or, or we're single parents or, or we've lost a spouse. God's still providing people to help us. A voice is heard in Rama, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to come because they are no more. Now, we've talked about how mothers are like, um, teach us about God and, and how God provides so much. They, we learn a lot about God and we learn a lot about from things from other people. But there's a segment of the population that, that here in places in the United States, we don't understand very well. You see, in Africa, millions of people have lost their parents. Millions. Actually, 17 million. Millions of women have lost their children. So maybe you've been through some tough times, really. And I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for what you've been through. Uh, I've been through loss. Uh, I lost my brother two years ago, uh, tragically. And, And so I'm sorry for what you've been through and the pain and the heartache and your loss. But I'm telling you, there are people on this earth that have been through a lot more loss and have nothing, really, to, to go by. Imagine imagine living in a tin shack with a dirt floor and, and and not trying to survive every day and not knowing anything about the church or the Bible or the Word of God or the grace of God. There are millions of people like that. But we're going to help them. Amen? This is women in Africa. I'll show you another slide in a minute. They're, I'm going to tell you this heart to heart. Now, I, I, I lived in Africa for 18 years, and I'm going to tell you something... That, that may shock you. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you understand quite what I'm talking about. But it's something to pray about and think about. The women in Africa are treated like dirt. They're just treated badly. And I know there, there are exceptions to that. But places I've been. Uh, I've been in places where where I talk to women. Uh, in, in one country I went to. Uh, someone had been hijacked. And... And uh, and a young girl had, had been raped, a teenager. And, I was, and we were standing outside, and, and my wife went over to talk to some of the wives, the mothers. And one of the mothers said this, that at least she's a woman now. Can you imagine saying that? Just saying that, just how, how, how in terms of value of life. So if you're African, I, I admire you and appreciate you. I'm just trying to explain what's going on around the world, you know and the tough times that we have. And Africa's great in terms of family, in terms of relationships and support and community. They can teach the United States a lot, really. And I go around and explain to people what I've learned and what we teach. On the other hand, we just need to realize there are women and children going through so much with very little help and, and a lot of loss, a lot of pain and heartache, but we can do a lot to help them. Amen? Uh, that's just another slide showing some of the same things. Just all the different problems. There's education. There's rape, abuse, and violence. Poor medical care. Women get very poor medical care in a lot of countries that we work in. Uh, they, they don't prevent diseases. They, they don't have pap smears and mammograms and, and blood tests and, and, and all kind of you know, prevention things. Very poor water and sanitation. High rates of HIV and other infections. Uh, a lack of access to birth control. I was in one country, and, and I saw the medical students... And the medical school dorms, they, they had cars everywhere. I said, where are all these guys get these cars? And they said, oh, they do abortions in their dorm rooms. And I said, oh, my goodness, really? They're very kind of dilapidated old buildings. Oh, my gosh. And then I started talking to people, and some of the women had, had 8, 9, 10 abortions. It was a form of birth control. So that's what I'm saying. There's, there's some real needs there in places when I work. The children... 35 million people have died from HIV. People you don't realize this, and, and it's still ongoing, even in the United States, you have about 50,000 deaths a year from AIDS right now. But look at the number of orphans, 17 million, less than 10% get any kind of outside support. It's just, uh, it, it's tragic, really, what's, what's going on. We work in, uh, there's 95 churches in Africa. We work in a lot of informal settlements, very tough areas. And it's not not all over Africa is like that. There's middle class and upper class places, but the places we work are a lot like that. Uh, those are some of the sites we work in. We've launched Burundi. We'll probably launch Ghana soon. We're doing orphans and vulnerable children. We've helped 172,000 orphans in eight African countries. 172,000. We've already helped about 30,000 children with early childhood development. That's ECD. These are disciples doing this in Africa. Amen. You need to be proud of the disciples, tremendous work they're doing. Amen? I'll show you some more examples. So I'm saying all that to say that despite the challenges we face in the communities we work, especially in Africa, God's doing some incredible things. And I want to show you what the disciples are doing. This is early childhood development, providing parents and caregivers, young children, knowledge, skills, support, and services to give their children the best start in life. These are kids zero to six. Now I'm not going to do a whole presentation on early childhood development. I'd love to come back and do that at some point. But it's intervening from zero to six. It's urgent, it's important, it has a huge impact, it's cost effective, has a huge lot, changes the trajectory of their lives for the women and the children. If we give them these basic skills to help them and their children develop, this is a program developed in Africa. We put them through parent support groups. We have parent support groups. We have kids' clubs. And we have toy and book libraries on a very large community scale. These are parent support groups. Uh, we're going to launch this in Columbia, South Carolina in the next few months. we we'll are bringing it to the United States. Remember that quote, we're bringing this to a theater near you? That's what we're bringing. We're bringing early childhood development to the United States. A program developed in Africa. Amen? This is a curriculum. It's 10 modules. This is a world-class model. Do you know in the next two weeks, they're presenting a a framework in Geneva, the World Health Organization. It's not our model, but it is a model we're a part of called the Nurturing Care Framework. This is a global initiative. And a couple of our staff are going to be there in Geneva for for the launch of this because this is something big we're doing all across Africa. It has a huge impact on the mothers, reduced, uh, shouting, hitting, you know, I, excuse me. I talked to some of the mothers and I'll say, I'll say, how are you doing? Oh, do, we're doing great, doc. So what have you learned? I said, <laughs> one, one, one woman said, I, sh- I learned I should tell my daughter every day that I love her. And I said, well, you know, how, how is she responding? She said she smiles all the time. Just very basic things. And of course it's, it's, it's reading, writing, uh, uh, animals, colors, numbers, letters. We teach them basic education, but also problem solving with, with puzzles and things. Gross motor, fine motor skills. We give them toys to do fine motor skills because they have to learn how to write. That's fine motor skills, okay? And, and things like that. And so the mothers, the mothers go absolutely crazy when we, when we come into a community because they understand these things and we teach them about some things. And then the anger and the frustration goes down. Child, We can measure these things. There's ways to measure all the educational parameters, but even the mother-child relate. we can measure that. And it has incredible impact. Nutrition about doubles in quality. And, 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 cl- and clinic, clinic visits go up, immunizations go up, uh, child supervision goes up, child protection goes up, uh, uh, parental supervision goes up. We can measure it. We're measuring all that on a very large scale. And so it has a huge impact on these women. So we're talking about Mother's Day we need to be thankful for what's happening to these women. Amen? These young mothers are learning so much. It's amazing. I've been there. I've seen them. I've talked to them. They, they love the program. This is the reach last year. Look at the number of caregivers we reached. 128,000 women. Almost all 90% of those are women. Prevention and then early childhood development. Very large numbers of those support groups. Look at the number of children. 47,000 last year in eight African countries. That's what disciples are doing in Africa to help the women and children, amen? amen. To help the young mothers. <laughs> this is what I call a Mother's Day, amen? This is people really having impact. These are disciples of us, of, uh, of ours, who are working in Africa at incredibly incredible programs, and we can help them scale this up right in New York City. See that? What do we need? Partners, donors, resources. We can all help in some way. Amen? Amen? Thank you for what you're already doing. Thank you for what we're going to do together. This is what we do in Atlanta, Superheroes for Orphans. We set this up for Mark, Mark Thompson, actually. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've seen pictures of him and his family. That's, a, that's me over here, Superman, see? If you ever want to be Superman, now's your chance, okay? We have about eight, 900 people show up for a big event. Uh, what does Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman have in common? Let's pick the young people over here. It looks like young people over here. What does Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman have in common? They're all from New York City. Okay, could be. They do, they do wear their underwear on the outside, okay? I got that. They have stretchy outfits, right? I mean, you know, they have superpowers. What else? Who said that? You get the prize. Give her a prize. Give her a cup or something. You can have Ross Woods' guitar right here. We'll give it to you afterwards. Okay. (laughs) They're all orphans. Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man are all orphans. That's why we set up superheroes for orphans all across the Atlanta area. We have some cool shirts, boy, i tell you. They're a knockout. This is a compassion tour. This is in a shack. And a young group of people came out. They spent about 10 days uh, working in shacks in South Africa. Uh, We have one in June. Uh, in June of this year, June 1st through the 10th, we're bringing a big group out to Africa. We're having a Hope Singles Corps. Hope Singles Corps. Uh, we're having in October, October uh, 20th through 28th. So those are ongoing activities you can all be a part of. And you can come out and see the work and see what's going on with the women and children. Things that I've just talked about today. It, you, you'll learn things. It'll teach you. It'll help you. Uh, we're looking at next year having a Hope Evangelist Corps. Well, we're just bringing evangelists out to help the poor and, and to really experience a tremendous uh, inspiration that that is. Now, this is what I really want to talk about. <laughs> Mike Tolliver, you say that. I, want to, I said that to say this. Okay. These are all young people. That's a singles core. Some of these are a little bit older. See, there's Paul Ramsey there, Paul Fant. There's some other guys back there. There's Lynn and I. Some, those are elephants behind us there. But I realized this. This is last year. We went out to, uh, to an informal settlement. And we spent we worked there for a week. And the older guys started sharing. One of the guys, Paul Fant, was a vice president of Scana, which is uh, the, the only Fortune 500 company in South Carolina. Vice president of Big Utility. And uh, he grew up poor. He's actually in the back, back here. Paul Fant. Anyway, he grew up very poor. They couldn't afford a report card, $5. His family couldn't afford it to get a report card at the end of the year. He used to go to college and he'd take, take a hot dog. He'd put one hot dog here, one hot dog here, $2 each, $4. That's all he had for lunch. That's how he grew up. So he came out to the shacks in Africa, and we started shared at the end of the time of the week together. He started sobbing. This is a sixty-five year old man sobbing, shaking, crying in anguish about how he'd grown up and what he'd seen. But what I realized is that the men all started sharing. We had about five or six men that shared before the women even shared, and they all wept. That was the last one. <coughs> and the women were like, Well, what do we do now? The women all the men all wept, okay. <laughs> but I realized something. And here's what I want to tell you in New York. That God's spirit has been poured out on us. That young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. There are some older men in this room that need to have a vision and a dream. That their lives can count when they're 60 and 65 and have a huge impact on the women and children of Africa. You can go out on mission teams in Haiti and in Africa. You can go out to places and help the poor and help the children I've just described when you're 60 and 65 years old. There are men like that all over New York City that need to, need to have, a, have a dream for their lives. There are some young people. Let's pick the young people. Kind of down here. Not you guys so much. Okay, down here. <laughs> oh, I, I just want you to have a vision for all that God can do in your life. For the poor and the lost. And see the impact you can have right here in New York or in Haiti or in Africa. And so that's what I learned is that God's, God wants to, us all to have visions and dreams. And that's what I learned, whether it was the young people or the old people, that, that God wants to pour out his spirit on us, and all the young men will have visions, and all the old men will dream dreams. Amen? And we can have a huge impact, just like you saw today. I'm going to show you a video. This is uh, You'll see uh, people working. I want, you, I want you to look at the attitude of the people working. Just Just watch the attitude of the people as you see as they work together. And you'll you'll meet Lorato, the woman I one of the women I just introduced you to. You'll see you'll see her and her child. You could turn down the lights maybe if it works or not.
1: Before coming to South Africa, my heart was in a place of despair. Working through the heartache of a broken relationship, feeling like my best isn't good enough, and even if I give my whole self to something, it may not work out the way I once had hoped. Then seeing the challenges of my country on a daily basis and witnessing hurting souls all around me. It left me with rattled faith within shattered dreams and feeling bent in so many ways. It also left me with a lot of focus on me, my hurts, my lost joy, and feeling like I was losing a part of myself. The girl that I knew myself to be was changing, and I knew I needed to pour myself into something so much bigger than me.
2: My father passed away when I was five years old, and my mother passed away when I was in grade four. When I was 12 years old, I tried to commit suicide several times. When my mother died, I didn't see any reason to keep leaving. Uh, at My son Gapiso goes to Colorado daycare crash. When he came home, he said, mama, we, uh, at school, we were doing maybe ABC, or uh, uh, animals, or colors, or shapes. Yeah. Then I said, when you grow up, you want to be what? Then he said, mama, when I grow up, I want to be astronaut.
0: That's good, my, boy. you have to learn very hard have to work for everyone uh, every subject that we, you choose
2: then it's subject that they will take you from here to somewhere else we want to help kahiso reach his incredible dreams and not just kahiso but millions more but that's going to take giving him the best possible start in life and that's what we're all about we're about helping preschools these crèches Give these children a great learning experience and that's what Karen has come to do she's joined us from the USA she's come all the way here to work with our centers and stimulate the children so that they can get the best possible start but it's not just about the precious; it's also about equipping the caregivers giving them the knowledge the skills and the support to know how to create that enriching environment where their children can thrive and that's what Lerato is doing in fact Lerato was part of a support group. And yet today, she has been transformed, and she's helping a whole bunch of other mothers, many others, know what to do with their children, how to treat them, and how to love them, and how to nurture them, so that they too can have an incredible start in life. wide is working in four countries in southern Africa and is reaching nearly 25,000 children. In South Africa we are working in seven of the nine provinces and we're assisting nearly 20,000 young vulnerable children every month. We now know that the first few years of life are the most critical in a child's development. This is a time of rapid brain growth. And when children get the right love and nurturing, stimulation and and nutrition, it changes everything. What happens in those early years will last a lifetime. And so that's why we must act early. We've got to act now if we're going to really change the futures of these children. I want
1: to be an astronaut.
0: Thank you very much.
1: We're going to take a minute to go to our father in prayer and take the communion. Thank you, Mark, for your heart and uh, for the work that you're sharing about that we can participate in. And I know I just want to say this before we pray. When we... um, take up our collection for Hope Worldwide uh, at our midweek services and our special events, uh, it does give me just this great sense of pride to be able to see where that money is going. So thank you so much, Mark, for all of your work. Uh, Let's go to the Father in heaven. God, uh, we're so grateful to be here right now and just get a glimpse of uh, what is going on thousands of miles away, and not just uh, the painful parts, but the exciting and fruitful and faith-building parts. Uh, God, thanks so much for Mark and the, uh, the years that he has spent uh, working with the churches and working with the poor and needy in Africa. Thank you for bringing this message here. Thank you for him flying in this morning so that he could share this with us now. God, I pray that our hearts are moved, and I pray that we remember that it is because your son and the vision that he had 2,000 years ago to bring love to this earth like it had never seen before, it is because of that that we are motivated to give and love. God, we uh, are thankful for our moms and others who are willing to sacrifice their own lives uh, so that we could have a better one. And ultimately, we thank Jesus who gave up his life so that we could be saved. God, help us to remember him now as we take the emblems of the communion, his body and his blood represented in the cup and the bread. God, help us to humble ourselves at this time to realize how much we have, how grateful we can be, and how we love him.